Welcome to an AONN Plus podcast event created to provide a platform to engage and inform membership on relevant topics which impact your professional practice. The focus is on the AONN Plus eight domains of knowledge. This podcast will highlight the Navigator Pledge that was developed in 2017. As a navigator, I pledge my head to share knowledge for informed decision making, my heart to empower advocacy and loyalty, my hands to deliver compassion and remove barriers, my hope to embrace and preserve quality of life. Navigators have within themselves the inner strength, the power, and the fortitude to do what is needed for patients. They should never doubt their abilities, knowledge, or willpower to make things happen. Thank you for joining us as we honor the Navigators, special people that make a difference in the lives of those around them. Hello, I'm Monica Dean, Director of Patient Navigation Program Development with the Academy of Oncology Nurse and Patient Navigators. I'm joined here today with Zarek Mena for our latest podcast to discuss the role of the patient navigator responding to crisis. Hi, Zarek. It's a pleasure to be here with you today. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, Monica. Thank you for having me. My name is Zarek Mena. I am the Oncology Patient Navigator and the Women's Program Health Manager at the Smilo Breast Center at Winningham Cancer Center at New Vance Health in Norwalk, Connecticut. Wonderful. Thank you for joining us, Zarek. For today's podcast, we're going to discuss, again, the role of the navigator responding to crisis. We learned about the amazing work you did to build a food pantry to address food insecurity in response to the pandemic. Zarek, can you tell us the story behind building this program in your community? Oh, thank you so much for recognizing my work. It's something I'm extremely proud of. And definitely out of the crisis of that pandemic came this strong need to address food insecurity. It basically comes down to no one should have to wonder where their next meal is going to come from, especially when undergoing cancer treatment. So I happened to come across a young mother. She was getting chemotherapy with cold cap. And I recall watching her as she came to each treatment and would have to bring her young child. And during one of those sessions and the young child would just look at his game console. He went to our little food pantry and slowly but surely the food was disappearing. He was putting it all into his little backpack. And when her chemo was done, we approached them and asked them, you know, what's their dinner plans? We were already starting to suspect that there was some food insecurity going on. And he looked at me with these beautiful wide brown eyes and said, a mom didn't buy groceries. We don't have any. And I remember it just touching me forever. Of course, our center quickly figured out how to get some chicken soup sent home and such, but it, it stayed with me. And it just kind of brought this passion to figuring out what I can do within my own community in the immediate need during this COVID pandemic. So I partnered with a local group, a mutual aid group, and we created a pop-up food pantry where we asked donations from our neighbors and mutual aid groups are a radical group of helping your community where it's not charity, it's solidarity. And you, 
you always need something and you always have something to give. And so this same collective thought just sounded so true to navigation, you know, where we're always there to help each other. We're always there to address barriers and lift our community up. So I quickly partnered with them and identified patients within our cancer center to help. So it was just a very moving moment in my life that really created a change in how I saw how I can address our patients directly. That is absolutely wonderful, Zarek. Can you talk to us a little bit about, um, as you're building a program like this, because I know that patient navigators across the country are probably facing something similar like this because of the pandemic, but something like this isn't going to go away. There's going to be another crisis. There's going to be something else. And the way that navigators work is that they want to fix the problems. So tell me about how you built this program, working with champions, finding the champions, in order to build this up and maintain it as well. Well, I'm a non-clinical navigator, and that was step one. It was partnering with community champions within my institution, like nurse navigators and social work and administration, and saying, hey, I am identifying a need, and being at the table, letting them listen to what I have just witnessed. And it's backed up by collective data. A study published in August of 19 in the Journal of Cancer Survivorship showed that approximately 8% out of 1,022 cancer survivors that participated showed higher rates of food insecurity that included uninsured young survivors, parents with children, homes with Hispanics, Black survivors. So this isn't new. I mean, what, what we're identifying, the crisis only put a magnifying glass on so much of what we are seeing as navigators for such a long time, including disparities in cancer care and such. So this just gave me a chance to really partner with our champions and, and let them listen to it so we can collectively figure out how to address it. Hands on, hands down. I'm sure the many of our, our listeners are going to say, how though? How did you get the money? How did you really start it? I worked with our foundation office. I went to them and said, this is what I'm seeing. These are administrators and our champions. This is what we're identifying. Here's what we're seeing. What can we do? And they reached out to our community and our donors, and they went and got um, monies in order for us to help. So one, I went into the community. Two, I went to capture my champions. And then three, I looked for funding. And where there's a need, there is goodwill to help, as we've seen across the board with cancer care. So got some preliminary funding, and we started to send groceries. As the program evolved and as we were addressing the needs, the unfortunate um, highlight to the devastation of the brutal death of George Floyd happened, where our nation was facing systemic racism and brutality towards people of color. And I realized inadvertently, I was mimicking something and avoiding something so paramount. I was avoiding the diversity and the food brought to people's homes. I was assuming that everyone needed groceries, milk, pasta, eggs. I was taking away the ability for them to provide their rich culture in their tables with their families. So we quickly revamped and instead we got gift cards. And now we give gift cards to families in denominations and figured out the financial criteria based on our uh, patient population. And now we disperse these gift cards giving them the ability to pick what they want, when they want, how they want it, versus us assuming that they want a traditional standard meal by our definition. And so, you know, continuously looking at ourselves and how to improve and how to be the best navigators and the best support we can for our patients, 
comes in full circle. It shows them that they can trust in us, that we can trust in them, and that we are collectively looking for the well-being of their health. And in comes, obviously, nutrition. So it's been quite a journey and quite a challenge, but very doable. Absolutely. And I think you stated it just now. When you're thinking about building a program like this, whether it is addressing food insecurity or another barrier that communities are facing, compassion is so important Mm -hmm. um, and to take into consideration and to put into place. You speaking to that right now is incredible. I mean, like you said, the country has faced so much over this past year, taking that to heart. That's pretty incredible. So bravo to you. Well, thank you. You know, I am such a big fan of looking at champions and mentors throughout my entire life and just seeing the impact and wanting to mimic that, wanting to be that, wanting to be a champion. These nurse navigators I work with and my social worker, I mean, they're just such an inspiration and they continuously push me to be an advocate, to look for change, to be driven by vision, be energized, be passionate. I mean, doesn't this just sound like patient navigators. I mean, it's, it really does. (laughs) It's the heart and soul of navigation. It really is. It really is. And so just bringing that to life in the everything we do is really where we find our niche. What part of all that are we in? Are we in advocacy? Are we in education, clinical trials? There's so much room to be that visionary, that compassionate, passionate navigator. This happened right during COVID in a very critical moment for our center. But like I said, all doable in the realm of our passion and the work that we do every day. Absolutely. You know, I think this has been so focused, again, just on addressing food insecurity. But these steps alone could be used to address anything that you're seeing again. um, One thing I wanted to ask you about, because you were talking about the financial criteria, and that can be a touchy situation because some people don't want to ask for assistance and we want to respect individuals. And you mentioned it a second ago about building trust among those in need. Can you tell me more about how you did that as you built this program? Well, there's always limited resources, especially around money. So obviously we had to start with the basic of implementing a financial criteria and identifying federal poverty level and understanding that gap that happens between those and those are on fixed incomes like social security. So once we identified the income levels in our community, we were able to set the financial criteria around that. And then we had to educate our donors as to what that criteria would be. So you have some wiggle room. It doesn't have to be a hard and fast federal poverty level and under because that really pigeonholes you to that number. And people that are in distress for groceries is a huge wide range. It really isn't always just those under federal poverty level retirees, those of us with um, households that are, we have children to feed and, and, you know, careers to balance and bills to pay. So when we were able to widen that gap a bit, then it was about trust. It was when we kept the, you know, application simple, some proof, some taking their word for it. You know, it's a very vulnerable scenario when someone tells you that they need food. That is enough for you to open your refrigerator. You know, you have enough to share. So looking at the resources, because there's resources in your community that could, maybe they didn't fit for this particular program, but there are food pantries, the Food Bank of America, there's programs that are now being implemented by our government and by our communities, um, wide and large, that should be able to address this. 
again, it's partnering with your community. Champions need to always remember that that component is so important. I, I remember reading a article on social determinants of health. And in this article, and it was in 2017, it identified five domains of transformation. And one was understanding the system, two, implementing change, three, critical conversation. Let's have these difficult conversations for co-creation because you can't create it on your own, right? We're all a big community. We're a team. And then five, spread and scale. So here's our program, but let's scale out. What else is out there? How can we work and partner together to create a healthier community? And have you, as a result of this, because um, I mean, those are great, they're the steps of program development. Right. Since all of this, have you identified other resource needs and kind of taking it to the next level? Because do you have to scale it because you don't want it to be sort of a one hit wonder, I'll say, and then you have to pull out. So I guess two questions. Yeah. Have you identified anything else or other needs that you want to build upon? And then how have you continued to scale it? We know funding's a part of that. Well, I've addressed identifying diversity, inclusion, um, identification of LGBT community and the underserved um, population and what that means. So it has morphed into more. I'm having the difficult discussions within our institution and food insecurity is an easy stepping stone into that. It's the goodwill of the people to help each other, to serve each other, big and small, guide everyone. So getting donations for food insecurity was actually the stepping stone or the doorway to seeing goodwill and for us to all be on the same playing field and just be there for each other. When there's a true need like this, and I'll say transportation is another one that we're all facing as cancer centers with lack of transportation. Mm -hmm. When we go to our community, we tend to find support. Again, you need the champions in the right positions to get these conversations to happen. But once they happen, it opens the doors. And then once you're there, have the candid conversations and create the change. As far as scaling out further, it's put me in the position like I am today being brought onto the AONN Plus podcast to tell my experience and to share with people that this is doable. Reach out to me. I'm happy to share the criterias and what I'm doing so we can see this replicated over and over again. I'd never invent the wheel. <laughs> no need to recreate it. We're all here doing the same work. So yeah, definitely. But be up for the challenge. Be up for the challenge of having the hard conversations and people and the goodwill will come Absolutely. And I can imagine, I mean, like you said, that this was one issue, but it's now opened more doors to address things within your healthcare institution. So that's pretty incredible. I mean, if you think about starting from point A and then what that's going to really do for the patients, both in the community, but then also within your institution and being able to kind of be that driver behind systemic change. So again, again right at the core of navigation, right, Monica, it's just it identifying does. barriers, removing barriers, identifying barriers, removing barriers and drawing from each other for inspiration and guidance. I mean, it's it's the navigators right at that uh, junction between the healthcare institution and between the community okay. and at the very center. So we're in the perfect position to make these connections between the goodwill of the community, the need for us to care for each other and the person that needs it. That's exactly what we're doing every day. And there's stories upon stories in all our centers where we're doing this. And it's really quite inspiring and humbling to be part of this work. Well, you're definitely an inspiration. I know when other people hear this um, about what you've done, and I'm sure you're going to have folks reaching out to you. 
Oh, I'm glad. I'm really glad because it's not difficult to replicate and our foundations and our institutions are eager to find and have um, funds used appropriately given to patients in need in a way that's impactful to the institution. There's a return on investment in our line of work. There is value in what we're doing. We're helping the cause of healthcare by addressing just one piece of it. And how great is it that we're going to be able to really address some of these more systemic rooted conversations and needs through our community. So we're all ready. We, we've been doing this. That's why we, we all signed up to be navigators to do this work, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Zarek, um, as we kind of come to the close of this podcast and we, we go back and re look at the navigator pledge, what is your hope and what would your call to action be to other navigators? My call to action and my hope is that we continue to be a collective group of advocates to support and serve our cancer community, barriers big and small. And the call to action is to become a champion, to challenge yourself to become this champion in the domain that most fits your heart and moves you, whether it's advocating change from within, being driven by this vision, being passionate, assisting or identifying or resolving any barriers to care. It's just taking it just that one step further that you show that drive and that passion that ignites you every day when you sign up to be a navigator. Just relight that flame, go back and look at it. And what is it? And readjust it as it comes. Because here I was all geared up for food insecurity, and it turned out that I was, I could be doing better identifying their diversity. So it's, I was always challenging myself and I hope that I can be here available to our community to make things just a little bit better for our cancer patients and our cancer community. That's wonderful. So I think everyone will take what you have said to heart and we always do need that challenge and pushed out of our comfort zone. And I think you definitely have done that in the work that you've done. So congratulations and thank you so much for doing this and sharing your story with us. Thank you, Monica. Thank you to AONN and New Vance Health to give me the platform to do that and to recognize the work that we all need to be doing. There's still a lot of good work to be done. Absolutely. I'm sure we'll have you on again, sharing more inspiration that you've done. Thank you, Monica. Thank you, everyone. You're welcome, Zarek. Thank you. Thank you for joining AONN Plus and today's engagement with key knowledge leaders to enhance your navigation practice or program please visit aonnonline.org for other navigation tools, education, and best practices to advance the role of patient navigation in cancer care across the care continuum.